This program is made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner. I've been sitting here in my chair in my studio in Moscow, just waiting for this moment when you and I could be together to discuss and to share the wonderful, life-changing Word of God. And today we're going to continue the message which I was preaching at Eagle Mountain International Church in Texas that is pastored by Pastors George and Terry Pearsons, two of our very closest friends. And what a church they pastor. And they asked me to preach in their church. And I preached on how to overcome a spirit of fear and how to speak faith to yourself in troubled times. You know, Denise and I live overseas and we've done frontline work. And in all these years, I promise you, we have faced a lot of troubling times and we've learned in those moments not to give way to a spirit of fear and we've learned how to speak faith to ourselves in troubled times. It's very important what you say. You need to speak words of faith. Even when you don't feel a lot of faith, you make sure your words, even when you don't feel a lot of faith, you need to make sure your mouth is speaking words of faith because your tongue is like a rudder. It will determine where you go. And if you speak words of faith, you'll end up in the right place. But don't give way to a spirit of fear. That's why I want you to have my whole two-part series, which is called How to Overcome a Spirit of Fear and How to Speak Faith to Yourself in Troubled Times. And it comes with a study guide. And we're also offering you my book, which is based on what I'm preaching this week. It's called Life in the Combat Zone, How to Survive, Thrive, and Overcome in the Midst of Difficult Situations. And if you're in a hot place, if you're in a difficult situation, you can thrive in it, you can survive in it, you can overcome in it, you really can, and that's what you will learn in this wonderful book. And by the way, you can order all these things by going online or by calling us, and when you reach out to us, let us know how to pray for you, because we're waiting for the phone to ring or for your email to show up in our inbox, and the moment we hear from you, we're going to ask God to move heaven and earth to do what needs to be done in your life. But right now, Denise is going to sing for you, and then I'm going to continue my message. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus
verse 1, he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, and what are those two words I told you to underline? According to the what? The promise of life. Everybody say life. Which is in Christ Jesus. The words according to in Greek are the word kata. The word kata describes something that is dominating, subjugating, or conquering. We'll remember that the church at that moment felt like it was being encumbered by a spirit of death on every hand. And now Paul in the first verse makes a declaration. I am dominated, conquered, and subjugated by the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. He begins the epistle with a declaration that we are dominated by life. It doesn't matter how much death is going on around us. Then he says in the next verse, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you. Now, when Paul writes most of his epistles, what does he say? He says, grace and peace be unto you. Why does he say grace and peace? Anybody know? You think it's just a theological formula that he concocted? No. How did Jews greet each other? They say, shalom, peace. 
How do Greeks greet each other? They say, Keres, grace. And when Paul said grace and peace be unto you in his epistles, in one little phrase, he was wrapping his arms around the entire world. To all of you that are Greeks, I say grace be unto you. To all of you that are Jews, I say shalom, grace and peace. He's wrapping his arms around the church, which is neither Jew nor Gentile. We're all mixed up together. And in one statement, he hugs all of us. But in this particular case, he tucked the word mercy between the grace and the peace. And he's writing to a young man that is very overwhelmed by what he's encountering in life. Paul only tucks mercy between the grace and the peace in two letters, this letter and in the book of Titus. Well, now, why would he tuck mercy between grace and peace when he wrote to Titus because he had left Titus on the Isle of Crete by himself. And in fact, when you read what Paul writes to Titus, he says, I really left you in the lurch. I kind of abandoned you there, but I need you to finish everything that I didn't finish. I need you to set in order the things that are lacking. And he left them on an island with Cretans. And in Paul's letters, you talk about not being politically correct. Paul said, we know about the Cretans. They're all lazy gluttons and liars. <laughs> That's what he said about the people of Crete. And so you'll understand how raunchy the people of Crete were when they celebrated weddings. They were known to take the former boyfriend of the bride who's just married a new man, tie him to a team of horses and drag him behind the funeral party until he died. And that's one of the ways they celebrated their wedding feasts. That's the kind of people the Christians were. Now, how would you like to be left alone on an island like that and be told to set everything in order? <laughs> and Titus was so overwhelmed by the assignment that when Paul wrote to him, he didn't just say grace and peace be unto you. He tucked a little mercy between the grace and the peace. When Timothy was overwhelmed, he tucked mercy between the grace and the peace, which tells us if any of us are feeling overwhelmed, God doesn't just give us grace and peace, but he tucks a little mercy between the grace and the peace. God is looking at us and he's working on our behalf. And then Paul says, look at the following verses. I have remembrance of thee in my prayers. Huh. The word remembrance in Greek is the word menea. The word menea is the old Greek word, write this down if you're taking notes, for a statue, a monument, or a memorial. A statue, a monument, or a memorial. If you were really going to translate this exactly from the Greek, it says, I am building statues, monuments, and memorials of you in my prayers. And another place where this word is translated correctly is in Acts chapter 10, when the Bible says that an angel appealed to Cornelius. Do you remember that? And the angel said, Cornelius, your prayers and your alms are come up for a what? 
a memorial before God. It is the very same word. And here we find that when we pray in faith or when we give money in faith, it's not just the speaking of words that disappear or the giving of money, which we never see again. But if it's done in faith, the very act of prayer, the very act of giving builds monuments. It builds statues. It builds memorials in the presence of God. And God never forgets a prayer that is prayed or a gift that was given because it stands before him like an everlasting monument. And now Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, in my prayers, I'm building statues, monuments, and memorials of you in my prayer. It doesn't matter where God looks. He sees you there. He sees you there. He sees you here. He sees you there because I'm stacking the throne room filled with statues, monuments, and memorials of you. When my grandmother Renner was very old, one day she said to me, Ah, oh, Ricky, I'm of no value to anybody. Can't get out of this chair. All I can do is sit here and pray for you. I said, Grandma, it's probably the most effective thing you've ever done for me. Keep it up. Keep it up. Every time you call my name, you're building a statue of me that God sees. Pack the throne room of heaven so full that God cannot get away from seeing me. There's Rick. There's Rick. There he is. Can I ever get away from him? There he is. There he is. There he is. There he is. That is the power of our prayers. And my friends, when you call God's, someone's name to God in prayer, you're literally building something in the presence of God that he will be confronted with. And then the following verse, Paul says, I'm mindful of your, what? Tears. So he's received this letter from Timothy. Now, why is Paul in prison? Because when this governmental persecution began after the great fire of Rome, they began to round up Christians. This is when they began to burn Christians at the stake. Most Christians were burned at the stake. Do you know why? Because according to the Roman law, you were killed according to your crime. If you were a thief, they cut your hand off. If you were an arsonist, they burned you. And that's why Christians were being burned. And now Paul is among the leaders that have been rounded up. And Paul is sitting in prison. The fake news is all over the city of Rome. The chief arsonist that planned the fire of Rome has been captured. He is in prison. And back in those days, there were not newspapers, but there were walls covered with news. And people were gathering around the walls, reading the latest news. They have captured the chief arsonist. Now, Paul is sitting in prison. He cannot say a word to defend himself. And he knows what everybody's saying about him. But because he is a Roman citizen, he can receive mail. That's one of his guarantees. He gets a letter in the mail from Timothy, and the letter says, Paul, you have no idea how I feel. I'm suffering here in Ephesus. If you were here, you would understand the traumatic events that I'm going through. People have walked out. They have left me. They have abandoned me. Paul, I need you to help me. He writes to Paul, who is in prison suffering for his faith. The three free man is reaching to the bound man. 
asking for help. And isn't it amazing how when we're all in trouble, we all usually think that our situation is worse than anybody else has ever been. And now Timothy, who is free, he can walk on the streets, writes to Paul, who is bound and who has really been abandoned by all of his friends at his first trial. He says that in chapter 4. He says, Paul, you have no idea how I feel. Now Paul can see the teardrops. So what does Paul do? He doesn't do what Timothy expected. Would you help me? Would you stand right here? Timothy expected probably that Paul would just reach out spiritually and hug him <laughs> and say, Timothy, I can't begin to understand how difficult your situation is. <laughs> it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Sometimes that's helpful and sometimes that's not helpful, especially if it's not true. It would have been a lie if he had said, it's just going to be all right. It was not going to be all right. It was not time for Timothy to cower and retreat. It was time for him to step forward as a man of faith. And he needed somebody to speak the truth to him. And so now Paul does the most amazing thing. Look what he does. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. When I call to remembrance... The unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in thee also. Well, I'm sure that when Timothy saw that, he thought, what, what, what? Why are you talking to me about my grandmother? Why are you talking to me about my mother? I'm telling you about me. I'm in trouble. Please tell me something to help me. And Paul says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in your grandmother Eunice and your mother Lois, or maybe I got their names mixed up, but you get the point. And the word dwelt, by the way, that word dwelt is the word for a person who takes up residency in a house and they enjoy their life there. They prosper in that house, which meant his grandmother had a real thriving faith. It took up residency in her. It was a real faith. But notice he says, Timothy, when I called to remembrance the unfeigned faith. What does that mean, unfeigned faith? Well, the word feigned is the Greek word for hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Do you know where that word comes from, hypocrisy? Anybody know? It is the Greek word which was used to describe the masks that were worn on the Roman and Greek stage. Back in those days, if you were an actor on the stage, you wore a mask. And actors then, and by the way, today also, were considered to be the lower rung of society because they would do anything and say anything for the applause of the people. They didn't mean a word they said. All they did was put on a new mask for whatever crowd they were talking to at the moment. And that is the very word that Jesus used when he said to the scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. It was the equivalent of saying, I know who you guys are. 
You're just wearing a mask for the applause of the crowd. You don't mean a word you're saying. You don't mean a thing that you're doing. You're just putting on a mask for the people that are watching the show. But when you translate it unfeigned, it means authentic, not bogus, real, not a pretend faith, but a real, authentic, genuine faith. Now he says, Timothy, I know what kind of faith you have. It's not bogus. It's not pretend. It's not faith. Fake. It is the same kind of faith that was in your grandmother. It lived and it thrived in her. It is the same faith that she passed to her daughter, your mother. It lived and it thrived in her. And now, Timothy, that same living, thriving, real, authentic faith is in you as well. We are living in a world filled with uncertainty and fear. As an end-time generation, we are facing things we never dreamed we would face and previous generations have not ever had to deal with before. Sometimes it seems like darkness has been unleashed, and as a result, many people have been gripped with fear. Others deal with fear about their finances, their health, their family, their jobs, their future. But you do not have to give in to fear. You can learn to conquer fear and speak faith to yourself. The programs in this series are being offered as a two-message set in digital and physical formats, starting at just $20. And this series will include two study guides, how to overcome a spirit of fear and how to speak faith to yourself in troubled times. We are also offering Life in the Combat Zone, Rick's classic book that deals extensively with the situation the early church faced during the brutal days of Nero. It was a time when there was betrayal in the church, defections from the ranks, and people were troubled, but they overcame fear and learned to speak faith to themselves. They learned how to survive, thrive, and overcome in difficult situations, and Rick will show you how you can do it too. Life in the Combat Zone is available for $17. Don't miss this special offer. The series, How to Overcome a Spirit of Fear and How to Speak Faith to Yourself in Troubled Times, and the book, Life in the Combat Zone. Call the number on your screen or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends, this is Rick Renner, and today I want to give you a report about what's happening in the construction of our new studio. Work still continues. It's taken a little bit longer than we anticipated because of all the sanctions that have stopped materials from coming to Russia, but we're doing it step by step. And today they're installing the fireplace, which is going to be the centerpiece of this big room where we're going to be filming programs. But in addition to this, there's gonna be another set over here and another set over there. So many angles and opportunities to film teaching that people can trust in this room. But of course, this is just one room. But I have to tell you, I'm pretty excited about this room. To think that TV programs with the Word of God are going to be filmed right here. And when I look around this room, you can see this electrical grid, grid that's gonna hold all the lights. It's on electrical pulleys, so it goes up, it goes down. It's just going to have everything we need to film the teaching of the Word of God. But hey, there's more than this. Let me show you. Well, I know you can't tell from what it looks like right now, but this really is gonna be one of the smaller studios, and this is gonna be Denise's studio, because Denise is reaching women everywhere with her programming. 
And right from this spot, Denise is going to be sending her teaching to women all over the world. But hey, there's another set in addition to this one. This is our third studio in this new building. You may say, why do you need three studios? Because we're filming a lot of programs. Right now, we can only film one program at a time. We have to set it up, take it down, but this will enable us to do multiple things at one time. But on both floors of this building, there are multiple offices. In fact, there are 18 offices, and in all of these offices, people are going to be doing editing, writing, producing programs, working with our network. It is amazing the activity that's going to take place in this building. And it's not about buildings, it's about people. People need the teaching of the Word of God. But it's your generous gifts that have helped us to build this and we will complete it. But right now we're in phase three of our ministry, which is paying off our Tulsa ministry headquarters. We wanna pay it off because the moment it's paid off, all of those funds will be released for us to broadcast the teaching of the Word of God around the world. And that's really our goal, to get the gospel and to teach people the Bible all over the world. They're just crying out for it, and they're waiting for that signal to come with the answer that they've been seeking. So please help us as we finish phase three to pay off the Tulsa facility. Well, I'm interested to know what did you learn from today's message where I was preaching at Eagle Mountain International Church in Texas, which is pastored by Pastors George and Terry Pearsons, two of my closest friends. But well, what an opportunity it was for me to speak to their congregation. And now I get to share it with you and I want some feedback. What do you think? What have you learned from what you have learned in the message today? Would you please communicate with me and let me know? It would mean so much to me. And when you reach out to us, let us know how to pray for you. We're told in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me, I'll hear you, I'll answer you, and I'll show you great and mighty things. Well, it's not enough just to cry out. You have to cry out in faith, and that's what we know how to do. We will cry out to God in faith with you. God promises he will hear us. He will move in your life and he will show you great and mighty things. My friends, we really believe that. So please call us or send us an email and let us know how to pray for you. We will pray with you and God will move. But right now we're offering you my series, which is called How to Overcome a Spirit of Fear and how to speak faith to yourself in troubled times. Do you know how to overcome a spirit of fear? Do you know how to use your mouth to encourage yourself and to speak faith? Even when you're living in the midst of troubled times, you can do it. You really can. I promise you, God showed us how to do it. And that's what we will teach you in this series. And it comes with our great study guide. And we're also offering you my book, which is called Life in the combat zone, the subtitle says, How to Survive, Thrive, and Overcome in the Midst of Difficult Situations. And if you're in the midst of a difficult situation, you can thrive, you can survive, you can overcome it, and this book will help you know how to do it. I believe it, my friend. But let me pray for you right now. 
Father, it is not your plan that anyone live with the spirit of fear. And I pray for that spirit of fear to go in the name of Jesus. I curse it. I rebuke it. And Lord, I pray for your spirit to minister freedom to my friend in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll see you tomorrow. But remember, Ecclesiastes 8.4, it says, where the word of a king is, there's power. Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity. This program was made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries.